really trusting that you're going to hear the voice of God this morning. So I want you, even as I'm going to be sharing the word, I, I, I did, my desire is that you would tune in your spirit senses to listen to what God is saying to you. Because God still speaks. Amen. Let's say it. God still speaks. Amen. So before I share this message, I asked Dion Leach to come and share his story. Where are you, brother? Come, come forward. He, he's had one of the most significant healings we've seen here in East London over the last two years. And uh, we wanna, we're doing a series on healing. And I wanted to share his testimony just in, like, just in a few minutes, four or five minutes, just to, to share um, what God has done. To stir your faith that God is alive and real and powerful. Amen. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, those of you who know me, I was in the fitness industry for a long time. One of those guys with the steroids and the pumping weights and whatever. In any case, I did major damage to my spine. 22 years ago, 1994, I went in for two spinal fusions in that in two-month period. <clears throat> where the physicians in this town buggered up properly. So the second one, when they did the spinal fusion, instrumentation in the spine... Um, I was lying in a fiberglass suit for approximately nine months. And um, there was no hope for me, basically. Got back. Um, the pain carried on, carried on for 22 years of self-administration, getting OTC over-the-counter, medication, Voltaren injections. I suppose probably why they banned it now that you have to get a script because the amount of Voltarens I used to inject myself with. Yeah, and um, eventually last year, March... Came back to Shofar, came to church, I was introduced here. A very good friend of mine, I see here this morning, he just had a spinal uh, operation about two months ago, couldn't have rain. Um, Kunstel said to me, Dion, how are you going to do this? I said, your belly is bad. He said, come on, I said, your belly, I've already bit. I've already bit, 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 okay, Kun, so bit. That specific Sunday morning, this gentleman, this brother of ours, Al said, there's somebody in this congregation that's got bad back problems. Same as he said this morning, disc upon disc. And I saw Stephen, he just stood up front and he just smiled at me. And I came up for prayer. And in 22 years, <clears throat> I couldn't touch my back, my toes. And um, came up front, Stephen laid hands on me. Uh, all I could feel myself was going. And it wasn't just a once-off. Stephen prayed. He said, do you know how does it feel? I said, 10% better. 20. Carried on, carried on, carried on, carried on, carried on. Until I was healed. God used this man to heal me. A very good friend of mine, Cliffy Olner, like I've told many people, had worked with me. For about 20, 19 years, he shouted from the back, Dion, touch your toes, touch your toes. The people couldn't believe it. <laughs> yes, and that was last year, March. Crying in faith, Satan came for me. Came for me properly. Lost my business, September month. Yeah, and came for my family, came for my kids, their relationships. But I wasn't going to stand still. I was going to fight him back. So yeah, um, <clears throat> end of September, I was up front here. Boss Andre said, these guys have got something bothering them, come up front. They came up for prayer. Greg Collins and Lindy came straight for me. Straight, and I was standing, <clears throat> I was standing here crying. And Greg says to me, Dion, I've got a word for you. I said, Greg, I want to tell you something. He said, Dion, I've got a word for you. I said, Greg, I want to tell you something. He says, tell me what? I said, I've just lost my business. He says, I wanted to tell you the healing of your back. Also, better things to come for you. I was like, all right, okay. So, yeah, I endured. Had to eventually go work at a car wash for the past four months. Ten hours a day, seven days a week. Like I lost ten kilos. Now I'm, now I'm much fitter. Sonia, one of our clients, sees me seven o'clock in the morning. We're running up and down in that car wash in Beacon Bay already. And so, Pastor Andre said to me this morning, geez, you look nice and slim. I said, yeah, I'm looking slim. <laughs> yeah, so any case... 
carried on, carried on. Last Monday, well, maybe the healing was because of me having to work in that car wash. Last Monday, I got a phone call, handed in my CV. A big national company approached me, went for an interview Monday. Friday morning, I started a job. Yeah, so it was that faithfulness, knowing that God will not forsake you in the hardest of times. He will be there for you at all times. Thank you. That's a good word. That's a good word. Ah, praise God, eh? So this morning is about a word, a prophetic word, and, and he received a prophetic word that there are better things to come. So I want to speak that over every one of you. There's better things to come. Amen. Let's say it. There's better things to come. Amen. We serve a mighty, almighty God who can do anything. He is able to turn any situation around. Amen. So I want to, I want to share with you a bit of our journey, my journey in a sense, and how the Lord has, has, has given me prophetic words over the years. And, and I'm seeing so many of these words coming to pass. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I was over the last few weeks just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm astounded at the number of prophecies that I am seeing fulfilled. You know, because God still speaks. God is still alive. So I want to I stir your faith this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. And I want you to, to start asking God, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I need a word from you. Okay, so I want to pray. And then I'm going to share this message. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your presence here this morning. Thank you, Father, that you still speak. Thank you, Lord, that your words transform us. Lord, we pray that this morning, every one of us would hear your voice and be changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. So around uh, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, uh, we were living in Cape Town, and there was a season of my life that I was jogging a little bit. After that, I didn't jog anymore, but that season I was jogging. It's amazing how, how the Lord sometimes moves when you go jogging. But anyway, so I was just about to leave the house to go for a run, and then I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm available. I'm available. Speak to me. I so want you to, to use me and to work through me. So I prayed that prayer, but I just, I had this hunger on the inside. Lord, speak to me. I'm available. And then I went running halfway into the run. I was, it was like early evening, getting darker, and uh, I just saw this car parked next to the road. I could see there's someone in the car, but I, I couldn't see male, female, didn't know. I just saw there was a figure in the car. And as I was running past, I heard the voice of God speak to me from the inside. You see, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside, so he speaks from within most of the time like a, a gentle voice. And I heard the voice of God say to me, go tell that lady in that car, I love her. And I'm like, is that, is that me? Is that God? I was like, I was jogging on the spot like, should I go back? This could be really awkward if there's like a big man sitting there, you know, drinking his beer or something. You know, he'd be like, uh, okay, not a lady, not a lady. But uh, in the end, I decided, oh, what the heck, I'm going to go for it. So I went back to the car. When I came to the window of the car, I was just about to knock. I saw a lady sitting in the car, weeping. The tears were just, she was, she was, she was weeping in that car. And as I came closer, I was... She was saw someone, she like, she like, leave me alone type of thing, you know. And I said, no, I want to, I want to turn your window down. I want to speak to you. <laughs> and she didn't want to. And then I just spoke through the window and I just said to her, while I was running past, I felt God say to me to tell you, he loves you. Next moment, she, I could see she was like surprised, didn't expect this. And then she really began to weep. Anyway, so I jogged on. <laughs> I did my job. I delivered 
my message. But thinking back, I realized the power of being available for God. I think there are so many people that are not hearing the voice of God because they don't make themselves available. They don't have that thirst, that hunger on the inside. God, please speak to me. I want to love on someone. I want to share your love with someone. Speak to me. You know, so for me, that's, I believe that's one of the key principles. If you want to hear the voice of God, you need to make yourself available. You say, Father, whatever you want me to do, but I want to love people. Speak to me. Let's say it. I'm available. That's, that's the starting point. I'm available. And then I'm thinking, you know, on the one hand, you have God's voice. And God's voice leads to breakthrough. But then there are these other voices. It's the voice of evil. The voice of the enemy that breaks us down. So I'm wondering what that lady had to go through. What was happening in her life? What was the enemy telling her? You're useless. It's your fault that that marriage has fallen apart. It's your fault. You're unloved. You are, you're, you're nobody. You are nothing. I can only imagine the, the torment that she went through. And I'm wondering if she cried out and said, Father, God, if you are real, speak to me. Tell me. And then I came jogging past. And I had the opportunity to release life and light and a breakthrough, I believe, into that lady's life. She now, now knows God is alive. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of everything I'm going through, he lives. God still speaks. Amen. God still speaks. And he wants to speak into your scenario. You see, the enemy, the voice of the enemy breaks us down. But the voice of God gives us breakthrough. And this morning, God wants to give you breakthrough, even as with Dion. Not just healing him, but giving him a word. Better things to come. Better things to come. So that's what God wants to do. You know, the voice of the enemy breaks us down. But the voice of God heals us in our souls. We've been talking about healing over this, this, this last while. I believe the greatest source of healing to a person's identity or their, even their destiny is the voice of God. When you hear his voice, you can never be the same again. You cannot be the same again. It's just like the glory of God shines into your situation and it begins to turn. But the voice of the enemy breaks us down. The voice of the enemy comes to us and tells us, you have no value. The voice of the enemy says to you maybe this morning, what are you doing in church? Do you really think you can be better than what you are? That's the voice of the enemy. Do you really think you're going to fit in with all of these holy people? Because you're not. There's no hope for you. That's what the enemy, that's the voice of the enemy trying to break us down. Trying to pull us down. Trying to, 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 to get us off track. You know, so I, I believe that people who, who don't hear the voice of God, they become like a, like a boat on the open seas that have lost their way. The waves are just crashing in on them. They don't know which direction to go. There are no wind for their sails. They're they, they, they tormented by darkness and and, and, and they're just going through life. The waves of life just crashing upon them. That is, that is what it looks like when we, we, we have not heard the voice of the Father speak to us. When we don't know who we are and we don't know what we're called to do. I was in such scenarios in my life, even as a believer, even in the ministry. I've gone through seasons of my life. I was like that boat on the seas and I, I don't know if I'm coming or going. And I'm trusting this morning that the word of the Lord's going to be released in your life. You see, when the word of the Lord comes, it's like it gives that little boat direction. And then suddenly a breath of life, the wind of God comes and it's wind in your sails and you go. Because you know, this is who I am. This is who I was made to be. This is who the Father designed me to be. It gives you strength. It gives you courage. 
And then you can go. Then you can go. Then you can get moving. Then you can start living. So I'm trusting for a release of, of, of the prophetic word this morning. At the end of the service, we're going to be praying for people. And we're going to trust that God is going to speak to us. So the voice of evil, the voice of the enemy, how it works is you're like focused on the Lord. You're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Maybe you're in worship. And then the enemy comes and he's like, hey, what, what, what? Look, look over here. Look over here. So he, he brings this thought or this accusation or there's something to just get you to look away from Jesus. And that distraction sets in and then you start walking down a path. You know, we were in the UK, um, what, a year ago uh, in London and, and, and we received this word of a, of a bride in a wheelchair. But I saw this in this vision, in this picture, in my mind's eye, I saw like a, a bride Standing strong and beautiful, looking into her Savior, looking into the light of God, just, just receiving strength from the lover of her soul. And then I saw in this vision, in this picture, I saw the bride looking away from her Savior, looking away from Jesus, looking at the darkness, the negatives, the issues of life. And she lost her strength and she find, found herself in that wheelchair. That is how the enemy works. He just wants you to look away from Jesus. And he plants these, these thoughts, these negatives. Who do you think you are? You're not adding anything to life. It's not going to work. It's going to fall apart soon. Have you ever heard that voice? Who's heard those negative voices? How often when there are good things happening in our lives, in the church, then I hear a voice saying, it's not going to last. It's going to fall apart. And then it gets you distracted and then fear wants to come in anxiety wants to come in the voice of the enemy you need to discern what is that voice what is that lying voice that that wants to 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 cause you to look away from who jesus is and so the power of prophecy is that it cuts through the darkness it cuts through the 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 cloud of heaviness that might be around us it cuts through the lying voices and it just shines lights like that image just the light of heaven just just lights in the midst of your darkness and you can see again you can hear again you can feel you feel like yourself again but the enemy wants to to break us down the voice of the enemy wants to break us down so it's time to get a few ships back on track Amen. It's time to get a bit of wind in our sails again. So we can stand up and walk this journey. So look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. One of the key passages on prophecy. The Apostle Paul, just after the 1 Corinthians, the, book, the, the chapter about the love of God. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So he's saying pursue love. Our highest call is love. The one time the Lord spoke to me, this, this one line, and it, it's been sort of my, my theme, my guiding truth. The Lord said to me, love people, stay in my presence, and I will do the rest. Whenever I try to strive again or do it in my own ability, I remember, no, 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 just love somebody. And stay in his presence, and then Jesus is going to do it. Then he's going to work. He's going to change lives. So I want to encourage you, just love people. It's our highest call to love people. If we really love people, we will pursue the prophetic. If we really love people, we're going to pursue the gifts of the Spirit. Because one of the best ways to tangibly show someone Jesus loves them. Like the gift of healing for Dion. Dion Jesus loves you. He loves you. He died for you, for your sins and for your sicknesses. Let me show you. He loves you. And you're healed. That is, that is tangibly, demonstrably loving someone. And that's what God has called us to, to love, to love people. You see, but what happens is, when we get wounded in our hearts, when, when, we, when we find ourselves hurt, we tend to not hear the voice of God clearly or correctly. You see, there's a, Sean Bolt says this, that um, you cannot have authority over any person or 
place if you don't love them. In other words, if someone maybe hurt you and you're wounded in your heart, you're probably going to hear negatives about that person. You're going to maybe prophesy judgment. You may be going to be tent, you know, tempted to curse because of this wound. So that's why we need to love. You can't truly hear the voice as you should when you're so wounded. So to trust God to heal your heart, trust him to restore you on the inside so that you can love well. Okay, so the heart, this is the danger of being wounded, being angry. We must watch our hearts. So on this journey of life, you know, how does, how does this work? The Lord, you, you over here, point A. The word of the Lord comes to you and it says, I'm going to take you to point B. And you're like, woohoo, yes, point A to point B. And so it's a straight line, isn't it? Wonderful straight line from point A to point B. No, it's never a straight line. Well, if you're lucky, it's a straight line. How it works is you're at point A, you get the word, you're going to go to point B. Then you start off with uh, going through a valley. Then you swim through a crocodile-infested river. Then you get chased by a few lions. Then the bees attack you. Then you have to climb over that mountain. Then you get a wonderful breakthrough and a wonderful breakthrough. Then you go through the valley of despair. And then you come to point B. Like, yes. (laughs) I've made it. (laughs) It's not from point A to point B straight line. It's this journey. Life is a journey. Why? Because God is more, more. He cares more about our character than he does about primarily our destination. He wants you to go through that valley so you can, 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 can learn that he is the Lord, my shepherd. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. He's with me. He wants to teach us humility. He wants to teach us what it means to be broken in a good way. He wants to teach us to have compassion for others and what they go through. So it's never a straight line. It's always a, it's a journey. There's a journey. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you're going through your valley of despair now. I'm going to prophesy this over you. You're going to come out in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say it. I'm going to come out. You're going to come out. You're going to come through in the name of Jesus. You know, I've, I've, I've learned that every, every word that the Lord gives me, it will be tested. Every word will be tested. That's the valley and the mountain and the lions and the bees and the, you know, everything you go through. It will be tested. So I want to share a few of my stories. Around 10 years ago, I was a, a student pastor at Shofar Tigerberg in Belleville near Cape Town. And uh, I was in the office, student pastor. I've been in the ministry for around four, almost five years at that stage. And there was a lady in the office with us. Her name is Kathy. She was, I think, maybe late 20s, early 30s. She was diagnosed with cancer. There's only a few of us in the office, four of us. She was diagnosed with cancer. She was given six months to live. We were like, oh my goodness, this is such a shocker. So I'm like, right, we've got six months. We're going to put everything in this, six months. So it was the one Sunday night. I wasn't the senior leader. There was another pastor, the leader of the church. And on that Sunday evening, I was going to preach the following Sunday. During worship, I feel the Lord, the voice of God tell me, preach about healing next week Sunday. I know nothing about healing. I am clueless. All I have is a word from the Lord that I've received over the previous few years that my life is like a nuclear bomb. It's going to explode. It's been launched, but it's going to be massive impact. That's all I knew. So I had this dream of impacting, of great impact. So now, I announced to the church the previous week, next week, Sunday, we're going to have a healing service, bring sick people, we're going to step out. I didn't check this with my leader. Wasn't a good idea. But anyway, so next Sunday, um, people come, sick people are there, and, and Kathy is there. She's lying on a mattress at the back of the, of the, of the building, of the, of the auditorium. She's in such pain, she can't sit up straight. So she's lying at the back. I've been fasting that week. I've been praying a whole week. I've been trusting Jesus. I've hardly ever seen anybody healed. But I'm going to trust Jesus. We've got six months. So now I preach my heart out. <laughs> Everything I put on the table for the sake of this, of this lady. 
And the end of the service, we, she comes forward. People almost have to carry her forward. Two people on the sides of her bringing her to the front. And so we pray for her. And uh, everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. The whole church is weeping. This is our friend who's dying. So nothing happens. Nothing happens. And she goes back to the, to the, to the, to the back then I start getting words of knowledge and I feel like for people like knees and shoulders and things and people come forward and they start to get healed and they tasting and like, yeah, it's awesome. We high five. Like, yeah, something's happening. I was at the end of the service. I'm like, okay, we've got six months still. We're still going to pray sin. We're going to pray and fast and trust for Kathy's healing. But the Lord did something awesome today. I think my, my international healing ministry just started. <laughs> Two days later, the pastor of the church phones me, the senior pastor. He says, Kathy passed away. Ripped me. Broke me. I spoke to some of the people that were healed on the Sunday, and they said, no, the pain came back. My international healing ministry lasted for two days. That so broke me. The voice of the enemy jumped on that so badly. It took me six years to recover until I again prayed for a sick person. I didn't know at that time that the results doesn't matter. Jesus is healer. He is. Doesn't matter if someone's healed or not. He is the healer. I didn't know that God is faithful always. Doesn't matter what it looks like. I didn't know. But I went through hell. I remember at a funeral just hiding away at the back. I felt like such a failure. And then my leaders climbed into me. They said, I should have known better. They said, I, sh I, I should have known that she would die. And I've, I've wounded this whole church. That I, was, I was told that I, I don't have an anointing for ministry. I can only do admin. So it was just piling on. It was just piling on. It was just piling on. I was then... then um, basically moved from that congregation, I became, I went back to our head office and I was, uh, I became the admin assistant to the Bible school registrar, which is my good friend now, Heinrich Titus at that stage. So now me and Heinrich, we're sitting in the corner office. I'm going through depression, six months of depression. I've lost, I'm that little boat on the sea. I have no idea who I am. I have no idea where I'm going. I was like, I'm never going to lead a church again. You know, I'm just going to do admin and, 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 and admin is good if that's your gifting and your calling. And, and I, I just decided, well, Shofar's doing a great work and I want to be part of something that's great. So I'm going to serve my heart out. I'm going to, you know, and Heinrich was going through a difficult season of his life. So we would be together in that little office and we would cry together, you know, pray together. But we bonded. We bonded big time. And, you know, we would go around at head office and, you know, our atmosphere wasn't always so positive and encouraging. I would go around, me and Heinrich would go around and we'd go to the office and say, hey, you're awesome. <laughs> we'd tell you, hey, high five. You are amazing. Just want to tell you, if someone told you today, you're awesome. Or you are. You are awesome. So Heinrich and me, we went around doing that. But it was a very, very tough season of my life. I was the, I was, I was the voice of the enemy was just piling in, piling on. I was just like, it was really tough. And then about a year and a half later, so I was faithfully serving their head office, overseeing the media team and the counseling departments. And, and then Sonic and I, we went on holiday to Neisner area. And then as we were driving back to, uh, to Cape Town, I was just driving. Oh, Sonic and I often, when we drive, we would worship and we would pray. We, we, we try to use that time just to connect with God and I don't remember if we were praying at that moment, but at some point I felt the presence of God flood that car. I became a ball. I couldn't see. The tears were just like, I couldn't see where I was driving, you know. But I heard the voice of the Father say to me, I am going to transform you. You will not recognize yourself in the near future. And I wrote that down and I'm like, that's great. I have no idea. That was like three months before we had the opportunity to come to East London. 
But a process was kick-started there. At that moment, the word of the Lord was released, and the power of God was released, and grace was released. I'm going to transform you. And then that process started as we came to East London. The Lord started to work in us. But I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, the voice of God is the key to bring transformation. You have no idea who you are. You have no idea who you are until the voice of the Father speaks to you. And we're going to trust that the Lord is going to speak to you. And so we went through that season. And uh, so my question to you is, do you have a word for whatever you're facing? Because you're going to need it at some point. Every word is tested. There will be valleys. There will be challenges. There will be trials. Do you have a word? Have you trusted the Lord? We will lose our way unless the word of the Lord comes to us. So 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. You know, during, during that season, you know, I lost my way in terms of my identity. I lost my way in terms of my destiny. But I knew one thing. I love Jesus. I'll never walk away. I'll never walk away. And so I want to encourage you. Never walk away. doesn't matter what you're going through. Never walk away. You're going to come through. You are going to come through. Just trust him. Verse 3 says there, But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. You know, Heinrich and me, we would go around just encouraging people. You know, that is being prophetic. Prophetic is being, is encouraging people. The real prophetic is encouragement on steroids, heavenly steroids. It's just like boom. But prophecy is to encourage. It says there to, to speak encouragement, strengthening, and comfort. So in that season when I was at Shofar Tigerberg and I was now being moved back to head office and my life was falling apart and I felt like such a failure, I felt so useless. In that moment, in that time, someone came to me. A lady, one of the members came to me and she said to me, Andre, I saw this vision for you. In this vision, I see you standing under a tent and suddenly the whole tent falls in on you. And I'm like, what does that mean? That means my covering, my leaders are falling in on me. My covering. That, that gave me so much peace. That gave me so much peace that God is seeing it. And he still loves me. And he's calling me to go through that season. If I didn't go through that season, I would never have come to East London. I would never have discovered an, a significant part of my identity and destiny. But I had to follow the Lord through that valley, through that pain. But know that you can give a word to someone and you can give them the courage and the comfort to go through that season without becoming bitter. To be open to listen to the voice of God, the voice of the Lord to speak to you. Prophetic words are, are life-changing. I said, it is encouragement on steroids. Encouragement on steroids. So a good test of a prophetic word is it encourages you, it comforts you, it strengthens you. If it condemns you and breaks you down, I doubt if it is the word of God. The Father's heart is revealed through the prophetic word. The Father's heart, His love for His child, for you is revealed through the prophetic word. Prophetic words are life-changing. It kickstarts a process. So I want to share a few words with you that, you know, I'm sharing this to, to encourage you. Some of the things that the Lord has done in my life concerning destiny. Around four years ago, the Lord spoke to me. A bunch of people prayed for me, prophesied over me, and they prophesied. One of the words was that the full fivefold ministry is upon your life. So rocked, my, so rocked me. First time I thought about it like that. And it kick-started a process that led to the writing of the book, Increasing Heaven's Flow. Kick-started this process of this blueprint for ministry. But it began with a prophetic word. Another prophetic word that I've shared about four years ago or so. The Lord said to me, there's an outpouring of healing coming. Trust me for this. And I started to walk in the direction of that word. And like 1,200 people healed later. God is good. But I had to take the word. And then I had to walk in the direction of the word. You can't just receive a prophetic word and do nothing with it. 
You need to receive the word. Okay, fivefold ministry, what does it mean? I start to preach about it. I start to search the scriptures for it. I start to meditate about it. I start to ask God, Lord, what does this mean? The word about healing, trust me for this. Well, we're on our way to India telling the pastors, guys, we're coming to pray for the sick. We don't know anything, but it's okay. (laughs) Jesus is good. Another word that came about... um, what, year and a half ago, we were in a pastor's meeting in Cape Town, 15 of the, of the leaders of, of Shofar, and a word of the Lord comes in time of worship that there are guys around this table that will write books, that will impact the global body of Christ, and the books will be written in the next year. I was, that's my word. I've got, I've got, I felt the Lord say I must write, write a book. That's my word. I'm standing on it, and then I started to follow through on it, and I started to write the book within a year. Because it said a year. And the amazing funny thing is, uh, I'm the only one that wrote a book in the next year. So I'm claiming it's going to impact the global body of Christ in Jesus' name. And it's beginning to travel. People from Australia are buying my book and uh, things are happening. Praise God. Amen. God is good. But I want to show you it's not about me, it's not my ideas, it's the Word of God. The Lord knows us better than we can imagine. He knows what He's designed us for, and He knows what He wants to achieve. So He comes and He speaks those words. Hunger for it. Desire it. And then start walking in that direction. Walk in that direction. That is our responsibility. Begin to walk out the process. Act upon the Word. Don't just sit in a corner and do nothing. So there's a few words around destiny, then a few words around identity. I've, you know, if you would ask people about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they would know me as the one who prays. I love to pray. I just always wanted to pray, but I wasn't the soul winner. But I so wanted people to come to Christ. I so wanted people to be saved. So when you know, pe- preachers would come and they'd say, all oh, the evangelistic people come forward, we want to lay hands on you. Now I would sit at the back and say, oh, I'm just a prayer. You know, until before we went to India, you know, the day I received an email from India from the guy saying they're having this evangelistic outreach meeting. Then the, the, same, the previous night, the Lord spoke to me and said, you are a healing evangelist. I'm like, you're kidding me. Are you serious? Is that the voice of God? But then I started to step out and things started to happen. Amazing things started to happen. Then I'm standing at a Convergence Conference. I'm standing on stage and I'm just facilitating one of the stages. I'm not preaching or teaching or anything. And then I hear the Father's voice, the Father's heart. And he speaks to me and he says to me, Andre, look. Look at the people. Look at the crowd. And I heard the voice of the Father say, this is a small crowd compared to where I am taking you. 1,500 people. This is a small crowd compared to where I am taking you. I'm like, wow, Dad, that's that's awesome. (laughs) Nine months later, church of 6,000 in Brazil, (laughs) ministering a week-long revival conference. Nine months later. And then at the end of the Sunday evening services, we, the apostle uh, Ari, he takes me one side and says, oh, that was just amazing. I think we must go to the church of 60,000 next. So I'm standing on that word. 1,500 is a small crowd compared to where God wants to take his message and his heart. Amen. This is not about self-promotion. This is simply the heart of the Father. God, what do you want to do? I'm available. I'm available. Are you available? Are you available? Because there is no limit to what God can do when we make ourselves available to him. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have dreamed of what God is doing currently. I'm amazed. I am amazed. I've been the last few weeks just been in tears, just so thankful for what God is doing. Oh, you're in control. (laughs) Even through the valleys, you're in control. Even when I don't feel great, you're in control. You reign from heaven above. You are faithful. I want to say to you, you have no idea who you are until the Father's voice speaks to you. And he tells you, this is why you were born. And it's the most exhilarating, exciting thing when you realize why you exist and how loved you are. You are so loved. You are so loved. The Father wants to speak to you. 
And then the Lord gives us the prophetic word is like an anchor. It, it first, it, it gives us destiny. It, it, it gives us identity. And then the Lord also, it, the prophetic word is like an anchor. An anchor. In other words, if the Lord says, you point A, and he says, I'm going to take you to point B. What does that mean? That means this whole journey, it's a done deal. The valley, it's, it's, it, God's already overcome that. It's a done deal. Everything you're going to go through, it's a done deal because the Lord has spoken. It's going to be. Best example would be like David and Goliath. David had a word. David, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Now this teenager comes and he confronts this massive man, this, this hulk of a man, this warrior that's killed so many. And David had the confidence like, the Lord has said, I'm going to be the king of Israel. Goliath, you are in trouble. I'm going to take your head off. And he did. He prophesied as he ran at him. He said, I'm going to take you down. Because I have a word. And you're in the way of my word. You're in the way of the will of God. I'm taking you down. In Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you. When you have the word of the Lord, you can have confidence. When you're going through the valley, you're going to come through. It's going to work. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. So I release that over you in the name of Jesus. God is going to speak to you, lead you, strengthen you, remove the fear. If the Lord says to you, well, the business is going to work. It doesn't matter if you had a bad month. The Lord said it's going to work. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Always. Say always. Always. He always leads us in triumph. He's not going to give you a word so you can fail. He gives you a word so that you can succeed. He always leads us in triumph. But do you have a word? Again, David, just after he became king, the, the, the Philistines came against him, wanting to kill him. And then he was, all the whole armies, all the armies came out. And then he prayed, he asked, Lord, should I go out against them? Will you deliver me, them into my hands? And then the father spoke and said, surely I will deliver them into your hands. Go forth. So if you want, ask the Lord before you tackle something. Ask the Lord before you step into, God, is this your will? Give me your word. Show me, show me, show me, show me. And the word of the Lord opened the way that those armies were slain so that David could conquer. Amen. God wants to speak to you. God wants to stir your faith. God wants to give you peace and joy in the midst of the trials of life. Because trials do come. When the voice of the Lord speaks to us, it removes the cloud of darkness around us and the kingdom of God comes. Look at this. Revelation 1.19. Almost finished. just want to share this last bit. It says, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. Write. So this is John, the apostle. He's on the Isle of Patmos. He has been exiled. He's probably really battling. I mean, he can't do ministry. He's on his own. And then he has this amazing God encounter where he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then I heard a voice behind me. He heard the voice of Jesus. He had this amazing God encounter in Revelation 1. And then he turned and he saw Jesus face to face and he fell like a dead man before him. It cut right through everything he was experiencing. Suddenly he was in heavenly places. And he saw and he heard and it changed him. So it says, write the things which you have seen. And the things which are. The things which are in heavenly places. Write them down. Prophecy reveals what is in heaven above and releases it on the earth. And the things which will take place after this. So the word of the Lord says this is going to happen. So one, one more story. For me, this is just beautiful of the faithfulness of God. About a year and a half ago, it was a Thursday night, and I had a, I saw a vision. It's like a picture on the inside, but I sensed God's presence, so I, I knew God was speaking to me. I saw heavy rain clouds coming. Heavy rains. I felt the, the word of the Lord say to me, the heavy rains are coming. The heavy rains is, is revival. The heavy rains is the presence of God. The heavy rains is the miracle working power of God. But I heard the voice of the Lord saying to me, the heavy rains are coming. And this is the word that the founder of Shofar received around 30 years ago, 35 years ago. The Lord said to him, the heavy rains are coming. 
That has been his mantle. That has been his mission. A year and a half ago, the Lord says to me, that mantle has now been transferred to the next generation. And that Pastor Fred will be stepping down soon. Thursday night, the word of the Lord. And then the Lord says to me, lead. I'm like, you're kidding, right? Lead. That's the time that I wrote the book. And he said to me, lead. Show the way. Show the way. Show the way. The next evening, Pastor C.S. LaRue comes here, did a leadership training. And he said the same Thursday night, he had a dream. And in the dream, he sees our church with a whole ceiling, the roof caving in with all the heavy rains on the roof. And it's just about to crash through. Oh, that so stirred my faith. So stirred my faith that the Lord is saying, this is my heart. This is my will for you. And lead. A year ago, a prophetic lady comes to my good friend Heinrich Titus and says to him, you're going to be the next leader of Shofar. A year ago. Two weeks ago, Heinrich is appointed as a new leader of Shofar. And then I am elected onto the international apostolic team as well, with the privilege of leading 50 plus churches. Now for me, this is phenomenal. That the Lord would speak a year and a half, year ago, year and a half ago. That he would say, this is my plan for your life. Because I want you to be confident. I want you to know that I am in control. I want you to look beyond the ups and the downs of life. And just to know, I reign from heaven above. I reign. God reigns. Now the funny thing for me is this. Ten years ago, Heinrich and me were sitting in our corner office. Crying together. We were nobodies. But the one thing we did was we went around telling people, you're awesome. You're wonderful. Hey, I believe in you. We went around loving people and now looking back, this is the funny thing. I think Jesus loves people that loves people. I think Jesus promotes people that love well. I think Jesus promotes people that encourage others. Amen. For me, this is just so encouraging. So I I wanted to share this with you to encourage you to say, hey, if I start off by just encouraging people and loving people and being faithful, the Lord's going to promote me. We have this amazing opportunity for us as a church to impact not just East London, but nations. Nations. What the Lord is doing here, we can export to the nations of the earth. It is significant what God is doing right now. Last scripture here, 2 Peter 1, 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Isn't that beautiful? The prophetic word is a light that shines in a dark place. So when you're confused about who you are, when you're confused about your destiny, when you don't know if your life means anything, if you don't know if you are significant, if you don't know what the heck is going on, when the word of God shines upon your life, the, the word of God shines upon your heart. It's like a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. In other words, let it shine upon your heart, the word of the Lord. Go back to the prophecies that you have received. If you don't have any, trust God for, for prophetic words. That he may direct your life, that he may direct your, 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 your future. But hold on to it until what? Until the morning star rises in your heart. Until the morning star rises in your heart. I want to say to you this morning, God is faithful. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Doesn't matter what you're going through. He is faithful. So the worship team can join us here in the front. We're gonna, we've asked a whole bunch of people to, of our leaders to be ready to pray over. We, we, we want this morning to, to pray over every person in the place. If you want to. Obviously, you don't want to. That's fine. But we want to... Uh, Release a prophetic word over your life. So, God still speaks. The voice of the enemy breaks us down. But the voice of God gives us the breakthrough. Whatever you're battling with, whatever you're wrestling with, whether it be your own addictions your own sins, whatever you might be going through. The voice of God is the key 
to that breakthrough. I love what uh, Chris Valentin says. He says, I was saved when I believed in God, but I was transformed when I realized He believes in me. I know I am a nobody without Jesus. I know without Him I would have long gone been so bitter and walked away from my calling and maybe walked away from Jesus. I know it's the grace of God, but I want to encourage you to be faithful in the small things and know that Jesus sees it and He will bless you and He will be there for you. I think as Alan shared the word about someone that feels like a, what was the word? A broken vessel damaged goods I want to agree some of us feel like damaged goods until the voice of the father speaks to you and says to you I love you I love you so I want you to close your eyes just for a moment I want to demonstrate to you what a vision looks like and where the Lord works A vision is a mental image that's written on the canvas of your imagination. So if I say to you now, think of a pink bunny. Pink bunny. See the pink bunny. Okay, that's not a prophetic word. That is just where the Lord will speak to us with an image but you know it's not from you and it, it is ministering to someone's situation. And that can very much be a, a vision from God, a word from God. Okay, so that's, where the, that's often where the Lord speaks. Then another way that the Lord speaks is with a voice on the inside. A voice on this, a gentle whisper. You may sometimes you just get one word. I just get one word for someone. Say, I, I hear this word. And then, and then you start, and then you get more and more and more. God still speaks. He just wants us to position ourselves in that anointing, in that prophetic flow, where it is His Holy Spirit imparting to us, and not us ourselves. So a gentle whisper, a word or two, and then maybe sentences. And then pictures that speaks. God often speaks with pictures. You see it all through scripture. So the Lord wants to speak to us. The voice of evil breaks us down, but the voice of God gives us the breakthrough.